0: Boop boop boop, druids in cars go into festivals, they can chat about things, it's a druid podcast in cars. Do, do, do,
1: do, 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 do. Sometimes, the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. Sit back and enjoy Druids
0: in cars going to festivals. How we do magic for others.
1: How we do magic for others.
0: Yeah, so kind of like our personal work, how we decide what sort of magic to do, how we decide whether to do magic for others. Uh, I think that's kind of what we wanted to talk about. If I remember right. (laughs) If
1: not, it'll be a great conversation.
0: I'm sure it will. Um, So, we both do magic in a semi-professional manner, Mm -hmm. or entirely professional, depending on which thing specifically I suppose we're doing, Yeah. So, and we've both got our initiatory work, I've got the shop, the Magical Druid, where I end up doing some work there. We've both got the Grove, you've also got the prison population they're working with now, Mm -hmm. and then of course we have... Our friends and other people who occasionally just ask us mm-hmm. to do stuff. Yeah, I guess we could start with: um, Is there a difference between the kind of magic you do as an initiate versus a priest versus a friend? Do you have different boundaries around what you might do, for example?
1: I think so. I think most often when I when i do magic for others it is in capacity as a priest because as i as i mentioned before to me like magic is prayer with intent yeah and so a lot of times when when people ask like will you pray for me or send love and light or you know however they phrase that request um that is kind of like a very simple magic that i do but i consider it very priestly magic um, as opposed to, uh, more focused on maybe tangible outcome is more initiate magic. Like, um, get a job mm-hmm. is, like, a very, initi- like, that's where I tap into more of my initiate skill set, um cursing is definitely in my initiate wheelhouse, not my priestly wheelhouse. Yeah. (laughs) I I was talking to someone the other day and I mentioned something that uh, was light retaliatory magic. Yeah. (laughs) And they kind of looked at me all askance and I was like, fine, just go pee in a jar. (laughs) Because like, (laughs) because if you make a witch, like if you make a witch bottle or a witch jar, right, like that's, like, curse light yeah, like, binding magic kind of thing and <laughs> so like but that's still all initiatory stuff for me like that doesn't really fall into the priestly category
0: for me. Yeah, I would agree with that I mean, I it, when it comes to the kind of magic that I do, I, again, most of my magic falls under that priestly umbrella. Yep. It is uh, the kind of work that I do to help people feel seen or to open a door for them or to just be there for them. And all of that is very much about improving the self, improving life, improving all these kinds of things and and really kind of working on finding a a path forward in a lot of cases is usually what that kind of stuff is. Whether it's, you know, pray for me, I have this major surgery coming up. You know, my, my thought there is, all right, I will do work for you that helps you find your way through that, that helps you kind of move through that or gives you access to the, the path you need to take. Hmm.
1: Now, when you do that kind of thing, is that, are you working, is the, is the focus of that on that person?
0: Often, Yes.
1: Fascinating. So, awesome. when people ask me, like, if they same situation, I've got a surgery coming up, can you can you pray for me? I pray for the doctors.
0: I can often. see that. I can see that. Um, I have a. Uh, I sometimes have a question of consent around that. Yeah, and I can
1: definitely see that.
0: But it, it is not out of place for me to say, you know, may the knife excise what must be excised or uh, may the surgeon's hands be well practiced and well placed. Yeah, like
1: I I ask like I ask um, most often it's Asclepios to guide the doctor's hands and to fill them with skill. Yeah. Like that's kind of the direction that that work goes.
0: Yeah, I think that I focus more on objects than I do on the kind of the deity aspect of that, so it's really, for me, it's about the the magical statement of you know, may the hands be skilled, I'm not gonna I don't call a deity into somebody else's hands, kind of thing (laughs) I can see that, I can see that so, yeah, I don't know I think that's just a, I don't think it's a preference in terms of religion, as much as I think it is a preference in terms of magic I like, I like the notion of a surgeon's hands being filled with skill more than i like a surgeon's hands being
1: filled guided. With,
0: guided yeah guided by Asclepius or something like that i wouldn't call it out of place in my in my head to do something like that but it just yeah that
1: yeah i think that's just our different backgrounds like like i said before i'm a very like theurgic magician like i i'm very yeah. spirit focused deity focused um and you come from a background that you know
0: is not not. <laughs> they chaos magic background. Yeah, it, it cuts cuts deep there. Um, but yeah, I, I like the uh, I like the visual. I think of animating things that are not necessarily animate and giving them agency. Again, we talk about magic as access, giving the the thing or the disembodied part of a person, in the case of hands, giving it something to fill it, giving it some agency, giving it access to the animation that we have access to, Um, and so that works very well with me. And then the initiatory work opened up a different door for me because it gave me permission in ways that my clergy work did not in guess is the best way to describe it to look at those other kinds of magic that other people sometimes look askance at Mm -hmm. you know
1: yeah just go pee in a jar exactly
0: (laughs) and so it's it's been it has been more freeing since that because when I became a priest a lot of that work fell away from me Mm, yeah and then when I became an initiate again I I was able to find it again. The The streams are different. That much yeah. is clear.
1: Yeah, I mean, like like I said, I have the very different... Like, there are certain things I do that are very much in the priestly realm, and then there are other things that are very much not.
0: Yeah, and having the shop as well, I have a lot more truck than I used to with people who do not see me as... As priest. A priest? Yeah. They, they see me as a magician. I mean, it's in the name. It's magical druid. It's not you know, the religious druid. <laughs> <laughs> and so the the magical work that people ask me for is very different too. So
1: Yeah, and I imagine like you probably don't get people coming into the shop saying,
0: Will you pray for me? No, very rarely. We do sometimes. I mean
1: like I could see it sometimes, but it's probably not the primary yeah. thing that people
0: no, in for. and likewise nobody in the grove has ever said, Hey Priest, I need a love spell. That just doesn't happen. Um, but I, I get that in the store, and it's it's always entertaining because we all know the ethics of love spells and, yeah. and how how that gets balanced out. And it's it's interesting to to stand there with someone who doesn't want an ethical conversation and just wants results, right? And so, what I'm left with in many cases is finding an ethical way to achieve results. And that has been a fabulous challenge to undertake in many cases. Um, and so, and I enjoy that kind of challenge, which I think leads me to the next piece that I want to ask about, which is how do you decide what to take on and what not to? Are there things that you just won't take on? Are there things you have to code switch?
1: Yes, there are things I have to code switch.
0: In order to take on? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, sometimes the code switching is because, like, it's a, a misperception on my part where I think they have come to me for really one or the other. Like, they've either come to me for magic or for prayer, and I misinterpreted it and they actually want the other. Yeah. Um, so I, I have had that happen. Um. In sometimes it's easy enough where I think they've come to me for magic, and so I start proposing something, and they say, "Oh, I don't want solutions. I just want to like talk through this or whatever." I'm like, "Ah, okay. Let me put the other hat back on."
0: The the valuable <laughs> question of do you want solutions or do you want sympathy? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's worth asking. I think sometimes. Yeah. And, you know,
1: like, normally I I do ask, and normally I'm very upfront, like, is this a thing that you want me to to be a priest for, for you? Um, Because a lot of times I get that with, like, doing work for friends, right? I need to know if they want to talk to me as a priest or if they want to talk to me as a friend. Um, And most of my close friends at this point know that, I'm perfectly willing to talk to them as a priest, but I appreciate the heads-up that I need to code-switch it.
0: Yes. Um, also, remember, you have to go 71 north. You're taking me to shop.
1: Oh, right. <laughs> I totally would have taken you all the way back home.
0: Which would have been very inconvenient since my car is not there.
1: <laughs> yeah, but we would have had an additional conversation. <laughs> <laughs> See? See what you've done. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, but, so, but, yeah, so I have to code-switch, and there are things... Um, I won't take on, I, I generally don't curse for other people.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: just as a, like a general rule. Um, and part of that is because I don't know enough about the situation to figure out where my ethics would have to be in that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and part of that is that if, if they want to curse someone, I will consult on them for how to maybe do that but I don't want to be tied up in their um,
0: (laughs) repercussions. And and that is in many ways (laughs) the same dividing line that we have at the shop which is you know you want to talk your way through this, you want to get all this stuff to to curse somebody that's okay but here's the deal we're not going to tie up our weird with your weird. Right,
1: that's where that's essentially where it is for me and you know like sure there could be um, like one-off exception makes the rule kind of incidents, but for the most part, I'm, I don't curse for other people.
0: Yeah, I, I mean that's also typically one of my dividing lines. There are there are always exceptions to the rule. Yeah. Uh, but generally speaking, that is the kind of work that I think is highly personal and something that someone should do on their own, right? It's amazing, the traffic today. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you mean the stupidity?
0: <laughs> yes, that is exactly what I mean. But, okay, so... We know that there's kind of different ways that we look at it, and there's uh, different processes by which we decide what we're going to do, what kind of jobs we'll take on with that. Do you do spell work for cash? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I do as well.
1: Um again, I, it, it, needs to be something that I am comfortable doing. Like if it's met the other criteria, if I'm comfortable doing it. Um, I also need to be fairly confident that the methodology I'm using will work as well as possible.
0: Well, yeah. Like
1: if I'm not, I'm not going to charge someone for something that I'm like, Oh, this is like, there's no way this is gonna yeah, Because then why am I doing the magic in the first place? Exactly. So. Um...
0: Well, and I I have told a number of people, and I continue to tell people this, because I meet people all the time who are looking for a sure thing. There are no sure things. And anyone who tells you that they have a spell that is 100% guaranteed is lying to you. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, they happen. They happen often. You, you run into people all the time who... You know, they... Especially online. People who sell spells online, oh yes, this is guaranteed to do exactly what I say it's going to do. It never does. Never yeah. ever does. Um, but yeah, I,
1: I charge... Um, and it helps that we have the Grove kind of set rates for us. Yes. Which gives me a baseline because a lot of magical work is not easily in that, like, table of price points that we have. Um... But we also have just, like, an hourly rate. And so I, I kind of quote them, like, here's what I think it'll take. And if, um, if there's things that are common, like, I would consider house blessings to walk the line between magic and prayer. Like, yeah. a, a thing. And so that is something that, like, I have a price for that that I can give people. And that's great. Um, and then I have a lot of times if it's pre-written... Like, if it's something that I do frequently, like job hunting stuff, I know the price for that. Um, But if it's something that I have to, like, custom plan, it, it may shift.
0: Well, you know, writing and working stuff up, and I'll be honest, I do that a lot. But, and this is a tip to anyone out there who does magic for other people, I always write it down.
1: Oh, I always read it. That's why once I have it. And I can,
0: I can grab it and I can reapply it or, or change the names or do what I need to do to make it work. But, um, yeah, definitely keep a notebook and write it all down because you never know when you're going to need it again.
1: Yeah, most of the stuff that I am asked to do at this point, I have done before at this point. Yeah. Like, there may be some weird off-the-wall stuff that comes up, but most people ask for the same kinds of things.
0: They do. It's a It's a small universe of things that are definitely out of everyone's control. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That people want to get fixed. Um, But no, I I believe that our time has value, and so yes, I charge for it. Um, And the shop, with having the shop and the grove, I've got a really good balance of stuff. Are you
1: north or south of?
0: South. So you go here. Okay. Ooh, your car makes noises it when does. there's someone in the blind spot. Does. Um, but I've got a, a pretty good reference for for pricing. And on top of that, I you know, get my supplies for wholesale. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I make them myself, one yeah. or the other.
1: Well, and also, I mean, like, I'm sure you do way more magic for money than I do because you work at the shop, and so like for me, a lot of it is I have to go back and be like, okay, so when was the last time I did this, and what did I charge for it then, and that kind of stuff. And
0: what's inflation at the moment, <laughs> right? Yeah, is is it still worth that little? <laughs>
1: do I need Do I need to drive somewhere?
0: Yeah, <laughs> to do this, <laughs> I got a flat mileage rate that I use for that. Oh um,
1: well, okay, that's good to know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I apply it to everything. Even you know, I apply it to weddings. I apply it to funerals. I apply it to regular magic. If I got to go somewhere, you. Mileage goes on it, and it's just done. Um, but the the process of trying to suss that out, I mean, it, can, it can take a little while. Yeah, well, uh, I'm just
1: saying, like, you do more of it, so...
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely something that becomes easier with time. I'm still not good at asking people for money. Um,
1: uh, I'm actually not as bad at that as I used to be.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I think because I am more comfortable if someone is coming to me and asking me to do something, if it's magic, I am much more able to start the conversation with, oh yeah, my rates are here and like I just open it up with
0: yep. the having assumption a, that I will having a rate card helps.
1: That and that's I mean like my website has it on there and so I can just link it yep um it's harder when it is like
0: prayer into into yeah
1: like when it's something that is a more priestly thing Mm -hmm. but is not a house blessing a baby blessing like not a yeah not something like that which already has a price attached to it
0: yeah and honestly some of it is especially for me because this is not how I earn a living um Which is part of how I am often confident that I'm not ripping anybody off, (laughs) Um, is I don't depend on this and I don't charge a whole lot anyway, even with the store.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but in a lot of cases, the priestly stuff, I obviously do not charge for. That light was very red. That was super red. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but like, I'm not going to charge someone for to say prayers or something like that. No, and I. I... I might have, you know, if they want me to light a candle every day for a week, I might say, "All right, well, that's going to be six candles and or seven candles, and the candle costs a buck a piece. Uh, can you chip in?" And that might be what I do. I think a lot of it, I mean, a lot of the religious work is really based on donation, and we have, yeah, we have our donate. Thing on the website, and most of those donations, they just go right back to the Grove anyway, <laughs> and that's fine with me. I don't, I don't mind that. Yeah. Um, of course, again, I don't. You know, this isn't my job, so <laughs> it doesn't matter if it goes to me or not. Um, but that's usually what I what I'll direct people to for religious stuff. If there is indeed any kind of charge that goes with it, is you know, you can always donate, and that works out.
1: Yeah. A lot of times, I. When it comes to that, when especially when people ask, like, what do you charge for prayers, right? Because they want to contribute. Yeah. But they they have no idea what. Um, and so I still send them my rates. And I say, like, out. here, this is what I charge for all these different things. And when in doubt, here's the hourly rate at the bottom. And, it, you know, like, I would be thankful for anything. Yeah. Um. This isn't something I typically charge for, but here's the rates, and if you can, that'd be great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, that's honestly the way to go about it, I tend to think. Um, Because we don't do it for the money. We do it for... We do it because it's what we do. Um, And even with the initiatory stuff, the the store stuff, all that kind of stuff, I still do it because I like it. That's really why I do it. Yeah. It's... Yeah fun to do it's my favorite part of it is teaching people how to do it themselves so they never have to pay me (laughs) or any scammer who might be out there
1: that's the big one
0: yeah because they're out there they're all over the place and the last thing that i want is one of my friends or worse one of my grove mates falling victim to a scam yeah and at the shop i hear about all the scams because people have been scammed before. They come in and they're like, oh, you know, I I borrowed $6,000 from my employer and I don't know how to pay them back and I still feel cursed. And I'm like, well, first, no one here is going to (laughs) charge (laughs) $6,000. If we we used to half joke, we'd be like, I can get rid of that curse for half that. (laughs) Um, But no, it's... In fact, I ended up creating a a list of things to buy and things to do. If you feel cursed, we, we, we've got a sheet for you. Mm,
1: And so then they're essentially just paying
0: for materials. Exactly. And I think the last time I told it up, it was $16 all told for all the materials, including the sheet of paper that tells you how to, you know, (laughs) remove your curse. And, uh, it's just, it's a steal of a deal and they learn how to do it themselves. And that's really what's important to me Um, because we can do this all the time and, you know, we can set ourselves up as authorities and we can say, no, I'm the only one who can remove this generational curse, but that's a scam. That's fraud. Yeah. And that's not the business that we're in. Correct.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like the end. Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> thanks for listening and there's more to come
1: we welcome your ideas and questions if there's something you would like to hear us discuss in a future episode please drop us a line at druidsandcars at threecranes.org
0: if you'd like to donate you can do so at threecranes.org donate
1: druids and cars going to festivals is a production of three cranes grove adf in columbus ohio our theme song's lyrics were written by Arthur Shipkowski, and the music is written and recorded by Mike Bierschenk.
0: Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org, and more about druidry at adf.org.
1: As always, keep circulating the tapes, and let us pray with a good fire.